BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. So today I am back with another solo, and I honestly can't believe how close to 2024 we are. And so I figured that from now into the new year, the solo episodes I do, I want them to be focused on you know, how we can show up as our best selves in 2024. So I'm calling this series the 2024 Glow Up. And each of the solos are going to focus on like a different, I guess, like area of what we want to focus on. But today's episode, I want to focus on the things that we can do right now to start making changes in anticipation for 2024. Because I really hate the idea of New Year's resolutions, because I feel like, you know, everyone goes into January with all this gusto. And then unless you actually work to build up habits, either in advance or like a plan for habits into the new year, nothing really sticks. And so in today's episode, I really want to share the things that you can do today to continue to show up as your best self. And, you know, at the end of the day, like we still have about two months left or like a month and a half left of this year. And why not just show up as like the best, strongest version of ourselves. And so then when we're going into January, you just continue to feel really good. So future episodes, I'm thinking we'll talk about things like vision boards, goal setting, implementing new business ideas. And I'm trying to split the themes up based on things that you guys ask me about. So I know that every time I go on Instagram and I ask you guys for topics or questions around solos, you give me so much. And instead of just answering questions on my solos, I want to split it up so that it has a theme and then I answer questions at the very end. So this is what I'm going to do for today's episode. The first part of the episode is what I'm saying, which is going to be how to start making changes today. Like what are the very tangible things that you can do that I do that, you know, we can 
use with us into the new year. And then the second half of the episode, I'm going to answer a few questions that I get from you guys. All right. So let's just get right into it. So I'm, I'm going to split this up into a few different topics. Okay. So first things first is workouts, because I get asked this a lot just to go into more details. And I have in past solos. But the one thing I want to focus on in today's episode is how I split my workout days across the week. Because the thing is that this number one matters. And if you are wanting to kind of figure out a schedule for yourself in terms of how you're working out and how you're like implementing that, then maybe a split is helpful. So I've talked about this before, but I am a big, big fan of weightlifting. And now if you are thinking of trying a new workout or are really wanting to look into this, into this, I highly suggest you look into weightlifting because there's so many benefits when it comes to weightlifting from the benefits around longevity. You know, when we're older, we're more prone to breaks like hip like hip issues especially and making sure that we're working out and like weightlifting from a younger age really protects us against some of that degradation that happens across time. And so that's why I was really, really interested in it. And more than and also like on top of that, who doesn't like to feel strong? Listen, it is so empowering for me to be able to lift my own suitcase when I'm traveling to not have to depend on someone to you know, lift heavy things. And I just, it makes you so much more independent. So big fan of weightlifting. And if you are someone who is still thinking like, oh, but weightlifting will make me bulky, it will not make you bulky. It absolutely will not make you bulky. Women do not produce enough testosterone to make us bulk up like men. And if you are someone who does have that much testosterone, you will know fairly quickly because, you know, it'll be even light workouts that just allow you to gain a lot of muscle tone. So I am of the strong, strong belief that weightlifting is incredibly beneficial. I think it can be and should be paired with other workouts, which I'll get into. But that's my that's my whole spiel on weightlifting. And I'm going to go into what I specifically do now. So I do three days a week of weightlifting. So those days are typically Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. But if I, for some reason, can't make it to the gym on like one of those weekdays, then, you know, I just spread it across essentially. But yeah, that's what you need to know. I do three days of weightlifting. And then I do two days of cardio. So this can be either things like endurance training, circuit training, HIIT, like whatever it is, I do two days of cardio. Now, When I initially got into weightlifting, all I did was weightlift and then I would do Pilates maybe once a week. But the reason I do cardio now is because the gym that I'm a part of, it's called Monarch in LA. And I I haven't been wanting to share that because (laughs) I feel like it's my little sanctuary. But at the end of the day, I'm an overshare and it was at some point that I was going to talk about it. And so the gym that I'm a part of, essentially, I have a trainer that I work with every day that I go there. And the philosophy there is that number one, cardio is incredibly important for just our overall existence, like recovery, lung capacity. It just helps us live a lot longer. And so obviously I'm really interested in that. And so there's no getting away from the cardio, but 
more than that as well, it really helps with recovery from weightlifting. So cardio really pumps blood into our muscles, which helps with recovery between workouts. And so the two days of cardio that I do, it, it can be anything. Typically, I do go to the gym for this, but I can even do cardio at home or like, you know, on my own time if I want to. And, you know, we do like a combination. So like one of the days is definitely more endurance training. And the other day is like a little bit more like hit or circuit training. And I feel like that's a pretty well-rounded approach. And then on Saturdays or Sundays, so I, I do my workouts five days a week at the gym. So Mondays to Fridays. And then Saturdays and Sundays, you know, Sunday is my full rest day. I call it parasympathetic day. I've talked about it in, a, in an episode before. But Sundays is just for very long walks. I'm not working out or anything. But Saturdays are the day that I will do my own workout. So this can be Pilates, it can be hiking, it can be tennis, it can be just whatever I want to still get my body moving. So that's Saturdays for me. And I know I'm also probably going to get questions about weightlifting and like what I do. So the focus is primarily each day that I go in, like the three days that I go in, compound lifts. So things like squats, deadlifts, bench presses. And I feel like that kind of helps I guess, give you a well-rounded look, definition, strength. And then that's always paired with accessory movements. So we do one kind of block of two core exercises. My core has gotten so much stronger. When I used to go to the gym on my own, quite frankly, I would never train core because I would just get that on the one day of Pilates that I did. But I found that doing core work more regularly has really, really helped my overall strength and like the way I'm lifting weights as well, because I'm able to stabilize myself a lot more efficiently. So we do that. And then there's some accessory lifts like arm work or push-ups, things like that based on my specific goals. But essentially every time I go to the gym, I am doing compound lifts. So just putting it out there. If you're getting started on your workout journey on your own and you're interested in weightlifting, I've referenced this before, but I highly recommend Brett Contreras. Just look him up. He has there's like a website you can sign up every month. You get your plan and it is it is really, really, really strong because Brett Contreras, his background is like sports science and kinesiology, I believe. So he really understands how the body works. It's like it's a really good plan to get started if you are wanting to go to the gym. So my workouts obviously are supplemented with supplements because I want to focus on recovery and just like optimization when it comes to building muscle and losing fat and all of that. So I take two supplements for workout optimization specifically, the Keon amino acids. They're excellent. I did an episode with Angelo Keeley, who's the co-founder of Keon. And honestly, I cannot recommend this more. It helps with everything from building muscle to retaining muscle to helping with muscle protein synthesis to recovery to how much like how many reps you're able to do at the gym. Like I was completely floored when I had this conversation with Angelo because it was so illuminating the impact that the amino acids have on us. And the Keon ones are 
probably like the highest quality ones that I've found on the market. And also I do want to call out the fact that I have a code with them. So you're going to visit www.getkeon.com slash dream for 20% off on monthly deliveries and 10% off on one-time purchases. So I just wanted to put it out there. Honestly, I've been a fan of the brand for a long, long time. And so highly recommend you check that out. And then I also have creatine. Again, creatine is something I've talked about in past episodes big fan of it. It was actually recommended to me by my doctor when I started at my gym. I was really nervous to take it because I was like, is it going to make me swell up? Like, what is it going to do? But no, it doesn't do that. It really helps with muscle tone, making sure that you're building muscle. It also has a lot of cognitive benefits in terms of like mental clarity and focus and all of that. So that is also something I'm really interested in. Again, for this, I use Kion and I also really like Thorn. So both of those are excellent. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, you will know that I am constantly looking to upgrade every routine that I have from skincare to hair care to just regular like wellness routines, all of those things. And if you caught my episode with Taylor Rose, she was talking about just easy things that we can do for our hair, like sleeping on a silk pillowcase. And I personally have been sleeping on a silk pillowcase And what it does for your hair, your skin, everything is pretty incredible. So I personally love the Blissey Silk Pillowcase and the eye patch. So I sleep with an eye patch. It has to be silk because cotton kind of like pulls at your skin and the skin under your or around your under eye area is very, very sensitive. So you want to make sure that you're sleeping with a silk sleeping mask. And in terms of the silk pillowcase, the reason you want to do that is because it helps your hair from breakage. It makes sure that your skincare stays intact. Again, it's really gentle on your skin, a silk pillowcase. So it really, really is excellent. Blissey's award-winning 100% mulberry silk pillowcases really do help you upgrade your sleep. The holidays are also right around the corner. And if you're looking for the best gift that you can give, look no further than Blissey's Silk Pillowcases. Silk is honestly the most luxurious gift you can give to your friends and family. And these are the perfect gift for any occasion. Plus, it comes in gift-ready packaging they'll be sure to love. Give yourself the gift of Blissey today and you'll want one for every room of the house. The great thing about Blissey Pillowcases and actually the eye patches as well, is that they're made, again, of 100% mulberry silk, which is naturally hypoallergenic, so you can sleep more comfortably without itching or rashes. And unlike other silk pillowcases, they're of the highest quality silk and are machine washable, durable, and have a zipper to hold your pillow in place. This really is just the highest quality silk pillowcase that I have found. Blissey silk pillowcases are the best silk pillowcases on the market. They have a ton of different prints and colors, and they make great gifts because there's an option for literally anyone. Men also love them. I have Nish sleeping on a silk pillowcase, too. They have over 1.5 million raving fans, and you could be next. Try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissey.com slash dreambigger and get an additional 30% off. That's B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com slash dream bigger and use the code dream bigger to get an additional 30% off. Give yourself the gift of good night's sleep with Blissey. How do I ask my boss for a raise? 
I'm so jealous of my coworker's promotion. I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments? Careers are complicated and there are so many hush-hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. Moving on from working out to food. So if you are wanting to kind of, I guess, like rejig how you're eating and, you know, optimize for nutrition, I would say the focus should be protein and vegetables with every meal. No matter which expert I've talked to, this is something that keeps coming up over and over again. So, you know, the Protein really lays the foundation of how full we feel and how we're able to show up at the gym. And, you know, it helps with things like muscle and all of that. So it's really, really important. So, you know, highly recommend protein. And of course, with vegetables, you know, it helps with everything from there's micronutrients that we don't get in anything else except vegetables. It's a great source of fiber. It keeps us full. It's it's just I mean, I, do I really need to talk about how beneficial vegetables are? But that's what I do. And I make sure I have three square meals every day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And I make sure that those are actually filling enough for me so that I'm not constantly reaching for snacks. Of course, this happens sometimes that I do reach for snacks, in which case I like the Think protein bars. I think they're really good. But typically outside of that, like I just do the three square meals. I also like if you are again, like if you're wanting to reset ahead of the new year, I recommend eating at home more often than not. I typically tend to plan my meals essentially on Sundays. So on Sundays, I sit down and I go through like everything I've saved on Instagram, through recipe books, whatever, and I compile exactly what I'm going to eat for the week. So I have literally breakfast, lunch, dinner, and I typically have like two options for lunch and two options for dinner. And then on Sundays, depending on what I'm planning on eating, I will prep my food. So for example, this this week, which was yesterday was Sunday for me. I'm recording this on a Monday. I did things like I prepped this chickpea pasta with roasted red pepper sauce and shrimp. I, I prepped that so that in the like during the week when I'm so so busy I'm not having to cook something I'm just having to heat it on my pan and that's basically it so love the lo- love the like chickpea pasta thing it's really easy really good other meal ideas hold on I'm going to pull it up for you guys white bean chili so easy again really nutrient dense you're you know I make mine with chicken you can make yours with whatever meat you want I also try to sneak in arugula if I'm doing chili because it's an easy way to sneak in vegetables. And then another really easy one that I've been making over and over again is a one pan sheet pan, I guess, like sheet pan chicken with Brussels sprouts, red onions, and like some sort of squash. I like to use acorn squash because it's really tasty. So that's kind of what I prep and I'll kind of like just put that in the oven. It takes me 20 minutes at night because if I'm eating chicken, I like to eat fresh chicken, not in chili format, but I don't know, like something about chicken, I like to have it fresh. So just again, like sheet pan and I just prep as much as I can because 
especially during breakfast and lunch, I feel like if I'm not prepped, then like I'll have to go get something or I'm spending this time cooking and sometimes I have to skip a meal because I'm not prepared. It's just just busy. Okay, guys, like I'm just going to be honest, it's busy. And so the more you plan and prepare, the better off you are. Also, before the holidays or like during the holidays into the new year, what I'm doing right now is I am really minimizing inflammatory compounds because you guys like I was traveling like a mad woman, essentially all throughout the whole summer up until last week. It had been one trip after the next for work. And I wasn't eating how I normally do. And I just honestly, I came back from Vegas, which was my last trip that was for work. And I felt so puffy. I felt so inflamed. So I am really, really minimizing gluten and alcohol because those are two very inflammatory compounds when it comes to me personally. And of course, the science kind of shows that as well. So By minimizing, I mean almost cutting it out for the next 30 days. Like, of course, there's times where you can't avoid it. And so I'm okay with that. But like I'm saying, you know, maybe in these next 30 days, like two times I'll have gluten slash alcohol. So that like really helps me reset everything. Okay, moving on to sleep. So with sleep, this is really important. Okay, the thing is that unless we're sleeping well, I just I feel like everything else is a wash. <laughs> OK, I I cannot minimize the importance of sleep. So I make sure or I am making sure and I think you guys should really look into this, too, is that I make sure that I go to the same go to bed at the same time every weekday. And so that is around 1030 p.m. by 1015, I try to be in bed and I'm either like lights out or asleep by 1030 to 1045. Okay, so that's my weekday sleep timing. And then I wake up at the same time every day in the morning as well. So because my travel schedule was completely just all over the place, I was I started waking up later than I normally do, which is, you know, normally I wake up at 630 and I was waking up around 730, which I felt I just it does not suit me because I'm a morning person and I have to have a morning routine and it was just too late for me. So now I'm back to waking up around 645. I'm going to push this to 630 as soon as I'm like a little bit more acclimated. But essentially, whatever time you choose, you want to wake up at the same time daily. And then on weekends, you want to make sure that you get up to 90 minutes after your regular wake up time. So say, for example, on weekdays, you wake up around 6.30, you want to make sure that you don't really wake up past 8 a.m., max 8.30 on weekends. And this is talked about in a really good sleep book, which I'm going to link in the show notes. It's really excellent. I'm forgetting the name right now. But essentially, there's a concept called social jet lag, whereby, you know, we do all this work in terms of establishing a good wake up slash sleep routine during the week. And then we go out on a weekend and, you know, we're up till 1, 2 a.m., whatever, you know, pick your time. And then you wake up at like 10 or 11 a.m. on a weekend. Okay, all this does is it completely wrecks havoc on your regular sleep slash wake up cycle for the week. And it's really hard to readjust. So even if you are sleeping at 1 a.m. on a weekend, still waking up at 
8.39, whatever that 90-minute window is after your regular wake-up time, that should be enough. And it's recommended instead of sleeping in to take a nap in the middle of the day. That is so much better for us than sleeping in and kind of like ruining all this work that we've done. So for me personally, and I should have brought this up earlier, but I like to lay down eight and a half hours prior to me waking up. And the reason I say this is because you guys know I wear an aura ring. And for those of you who've asked, I'm obsessed with my aura ring. I cannot recommend it enough. But the aura ring essentially has shown me that whatever amount of time I am laying down for is not the amount of time I'm actually sleeping. So say, for example, I lay down like seven and a half hours. Okay. So I lay down at 11 and I'm supposed to wake up at 6.30. Okay. What that means is that I'm actually not sleeping the whole time. I'm actually sleeping for six hours, 45 minutes and about 45 minutes of like waking up in the middle of the night or like, you know, just like kind of small interruptions. And so I'm not actually sleeping for that full period of time. So now what I like to do is I like to lay down for eight to eight and a half hours. And I notice that I get between seven hours, 45 minutes to eight hours of sleep, which is really my sleep, my sweet spot. So for that, I love my aura ring because it just gives you really strong data. Also, before bed, I like to read on my Kindle and I don't like to go on my phone because this is kind of what helps me unwind. And I feel like it helps me bookend my day because if I'm staring at my phone, you know, right before I'm supposed to sleep, I feel like what it does is it... Like there's no end to your day and then all of a sudden you're supposed to sleep and have high quality sleep. No, that that doesn't work. Okay, so instead I like to read a book and I read fiction or historical fiction only before bed because, again, it helps me really disconnect from what's happening in my day, in my life, in this world and really just helps me sleep. And I've noticed, you know, ever since I started doing this and doing it diligently, my quality of sleep is so much better. I fall asleep a lot faster. It's just so much better in general. And then I take two supplements before I sleep. I've talked about this before. The bio-optimizers, magnesium is excellent. I take two of those. And then I take two of our array sleep capsules. Again, these are capsules that help me stay asleep, which is really, really beneficial for me because I'm not someone who like really has trouble falling asleep. But I want to make sure that I'm getting high quality deep sleep. And I look at my stats again on my aura ring and the days that I'm having the sleep capsules, it really helps me get high quality deep sleep. So highly recommend that. Okay, so now I'm going to move on to questions from you guys. So the first one that I have noted is relationship advice for couples who move in together. So I think the first thing that you have to realize is that your partner is inherently a different human being from you. And so you have to be malleable. And that's just like th that's just a fact. Like you aren't moving in with your clone and your partner's habits, their likes and dislikes, their strengths and weaknesses are going to be inherently different from you. And I just think that it's like you need to accept that and come to terms with it and adapt based on that. So what I mean by this, for example, is, and I, I think I've talked about this before. So Nish doesn't make the bed the way that I want to make the bed. And so, you know, you have to be able to teach the person. You have to have grace and things like that. Like they're usually small things, but you have to be good at communication. And like, obviously you can't be so rigid that 
your it's like just your space and not the other person's space. So I feel like just malleability is really, really important. The next thing is I think you have to fill in for each other when you see that the other person is underwater. So in our home, Nish and I have like a pretty equal division of labor when it comes to things like cleaning up and chores and all of that. We thankfully do have a housekeeper who comes once a week, but obviously outside of that, we have to do our own cleaning and all of that. And so we have an equal division of labor. I do the cooking and Nish typically does the cleanup, like in terms of like the kitchen and the dishes and all of that. So I'm going to give you guys an example. So also I I have to add this, that the reason we have an equal division of labor is because we obviously have both like very, very demanding jobs and you know, in our case, we work on the same business together. So last night, Nish was working on something for like the business, which I simply couldn't help him on. And I saw that he was really struggling because, you know, it's Q4. It is our busiest period yet. And like there are certain things that you know, he can do that I can't do and vice versa. And I saw that he was underwater. He was talking about how stressed he was. And I'd finished cooking and he was like, Sif, don't worry, I'm going to do the dishes. And I saw him and I just saw his face and how like, you know, stressed he looked. And I was like, no, you're not going to do the dishes. I will do the dishes because I owe this to you as your partner, you know. And my rationale there was that, yes, I knew he was going to do the dishes and he would have done it without a complaint because he's an awesome partner. But at the same time, if I see that some like my partner is underwater in another place that I cannot help him on, I feel like I need to step in in the capacity that I can help, if that makes sense. And I know it's like the same the other way around, whereby if work is insanely busy for me and I'm not able to cook, then Nish will go and cook, you know? And I just think that that sort of mentality is like true partnership, you know? I could be you know, like like a bitch, like a complaining bitch and be like, well, you know, you didn't prioritize the dishes. Well, he's trying his best, you know, and so like I can help out when he's not able to get to it in like the right mindset, if that makes sense. So I feel like filling in for each other and having a positive attitude is really important. That is partnership. And then the last thing I will say is I think it's really important to date each other. So You know, oftentimes you get married or you move in together and you fall into a routine and a pattern and you forget that you still need to date each other in order to have like passions and passion and romance and, you know, like still feel that way about each other. And so for Nish and I, we are really, really particular about still making sure that we are having date night on date night. I've talked about this before. I'm showing up like full makeup, you know, dressed cute like I would if I were going on an actual date. And so I think that that kind of breaks up the routine slash monotony of living with each other because you're still having fun. You're still keeping things fresh and light. And when we're out on date night, we are not talking about the heavy, you know, problem solving things that we have to deal with. You know, we are keeping it light. We're keeping it fun. We're talking about fun things that are going to put us in a good mood, just like you would on a date. And so I feel like those kind of overarching themes have really helped Nish and I in terms of how we live together. And I will say like, you know, we are 11 years into our relationship and we've been living together for a while as well. And I love spending time with Nish. He's my favorite person in the world. And every day I tell him how grateful I am to have him in my life and vice versa. So I feel like these things help. Okay, 
Moving on. So <laughs> I got a question from one of my friends. I'm not going to say who it is, but she asked about zit creams. And, you know, she asked, do I break out slash do I use zit creams? So Yes, I do break out sometimes. Obviously, skin is ever-changing and no one's skin is perfect. So yes, I do break out. I really love the Zitstika pimple patches. They're excellent. And I like the Renee Rouleau. She has like an acne slash like pimple system. And those are both really excellent. They're like my go-tos if I ever do break out and have like something like severely wrong (laughs) with my skin. And then obviously... You know, if it's if it's bad, then I'll go get a facial in L.A. I like to go to Pelicure. I go to Haley. She does an excellent job with my skin. And if I have any breakouts, then she does all her extractions. And, you know, like she's just really, really talented. So for at home, Zitstika and Rene Rouleau, if you're in L.A., go to Pelicure. They're excellent. Okay, next question is how to maintain an abundance mindset. So. I think I've talked about this before, but abundance mindset is something that I have actively worked on. It's not like I was born like this. It's not like this is who I was, you know, like from an early age. It's something that I had to work on and cultivate. So when I was in college, I was just a very different person than who I am today. And that, by the way, isn't a bad thing. It just means that I've evolved and I've worked on myself. And so In, I think it was 2013 or 2014, my mom actually gave me the book, The Secret, which, you know, everyone's heard of, but it kind of like unlocked something in me. I just had a complete mindset shift. And at that point is when I decided that I wasn't going to be this like negative person who was a victim of her circumstances. I just, I just made the decision that I was going to have a completely different outlook in life. And so I think books are a huge part of the work that you do on yourself. So a few books that I really recommend are, and I don't remember all the authors, so just look it up, And but I will list authors if I know them. So The Universe Has Your Back and Spirit Hacker, both by, both by Gabby Bernstein, are excellent. Um, Be Your Future Self Now by Dr. Benjamin Hardy, excellent book. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, also a really excellent read. So the reason I've recommended these books. And I also, by the way, do on Wednesdays, like a book or podcast series. So I always recommend more books there, but I'm recommending these four specifically. No, Spirit Hackers by Shaman Durek. Sorry, not not Gabby Bernstein. But these books, the reason I'm recommending them is because I think it kind of overarchingly targets the different areas where we could have lack mindset. And so I just feel like these are four really good books to look into. Then I recommend journaling. I journal loads. I have been since 2015. I started with gratitude journaling, and I think that that kind of started to shift my mindset because when we wake up and we're focused on the things that are going well for us in life, I feel like you go into your day with with the right attitude. You know, you're not focused on everything that's going wrong. You're focused on things that are going right. And so start, just start with gratitude journaling. And then I also use journaling as a tool to work through blocks that I have. So, you know, whatever negative rhetoric I have with myself, I will sit there and I will, like, I will dig. I'll like, I'll, I'll rationalize with myself as though I were, 
rationalizing with a friend, you know? So say, for example, I'm saying something really negative to myself, like, I don't know, whatever it is, <laughs> can be anything. I ask myself why I feel this way. And I'll keep asking these questions to really get to the root cause and then work through the root cause. So, you know, you just have to work on yourself. And also, yes, I have abundance mindset 99% of the time. But of course, like 1% of the time, like, you know, you have like a shit day or whatever, and that's okay. I think also the trick is to find inspiration from other people. So, you know, there's a lot of people who look at someone who has something that they may want, whether that's, you know, a business that's doing well or, you know, a designer handbag or a relationship or whatever. And you look at that person and you're like, well, shit, like I'm so jealous because they have that. For me, I don't think of it that way. For me, if someone has what I want or like what I aspire to be, they're already there, then I draw inspiration from that. I instead think, oh my God, look what they've achieved. If they've done it, then I can definitely do it because I really deeply believe that if someone has been able to achieve something, then anyone can achieve it because it's not like that person was born special, you know, like everyone has opportunity to to like, I guess, like get to where they want to be. So like, that's kind of how I think. And that's really helped me. Okay, so the last thing I think I'm going to get into is a question about how to get out of credit card debt. So I'm going to preface this by saying I am not a financial expert, obviously, but I can give you my tips. So the first thing I need you to do is read the book, I Will Teach You How to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. So this book is an excellent, excellent beginner's guide to finances. It gives you the facts and gives you tangible tips without making you feel bad, right? Because I used to hate books on finances because everyone would just say the same shit like, you know, oh, you don't need that shoe or you don't need to buy the coffee from outside or whatever it is. And I think what this book does really well is it allows you to keep the things that bring you pleasure while cutting the things that are kind of like nothing to you. So this is like a, it's a really, really good book. I highly recommend everyone gives it a read because it's it really does have tangible tips that you can use. Then what you're going to do is really go through your credit card statements. So I used to do this once a week on Sundays and I, I like reframed how I was looking at my finances, right? Because I think when you aren't in the place that you want to be, you almost have this like head in the sand ostrich sy syndrome where you don't want to look at your finances and you just want to pretend like nothing is wrong. And I think that if you think like that, you're never going to get to the place that you want to be at. So I did a whole reframe in terms of how I was looking at my finances. So I would sit down every Sunday and I would go through all my credit card statements. I would take inventory of where I was spending my money. I would go through a budget. And every Sunday that I would do this, I'd make it like a fun thing. You know, I'd make coffee for myself. I'd make sure I like did something fun afterwards, whatever it was. I'd make sure that it was a fun part of my week so that it wasn't this like horrific thing that I had to do. It was a complete reframe. And so if you're someone who's like nervous about your finances, maybe you're in credit card debt, maybe you haven't saved as much as you want to, and you're really wanting to change that part of your life, come at it with like a good attitude and 
kind of like tack things onto that activity that make you feel really happy. So maybe you want to do your finances and then watch your favorite TV show afterwards to like reward yourself or whatever it is. And so I would do this on a weekly basis. And something that you notice happens when you do do this, you realize that you are typically have like subscriptions and stuff to things that you don't need. You'll also probably be shocked by what you're spending your money on when you actually go and look at it on a week by week basis. And then from there, also coming up with a budget. Again, that budget exact structure is in the I Will Teach You To Be Rich book. And I find that that budget is a really strong kind of structure and an easy structure to follow. Also, what I like, if you want to take it a step further, like say you've gotten out of debt and you want to start putting money away and tie their savings or the stock market or whatever, have like a monthly goal that just it's just reserved from your account that goes out into your investment account or whatever it is. That's what I do. And I feel like that amount kind of piles up over time. And of course, like, you know, everyone's financial position is really different. But even like if I could go back and speak to myself when I was just, you know, right out of college, I would still say put away like the tiniest, tiniest amount. Like even if it's a hundred dollars a month or like two hundred dollars a month, whatever it is, putting that away, I think it just puts you into like a good, it just creates a good habit essentially. And then obviously as your finances change and you start to get better in life, then you put away more of like more money essentially into your investment slash savings account. So highly recommend kind of these tips and tricks. Again, read the book. It will change your life. And then if you are wanting to move on to something a little bit more advanced, Mastering the Money Game by Tony Robbins is also excellent. He essentially interviews the world's biggest finance experts and brings us like really, again, like very tangible tips. But I think when it comes to this credit card debt thing, you guys, you know, I understand that there is like a lot of stress, maybe some shame around it. And I promise you that's just not how you should feel when you're trying to tackle a problem head on. I think that instead have a lot of resolution. There's a lot of people who've gone through this, who are going through this and you will get through it. You just have to be really focused on your goal and cut where you can. And I will say, make sure you pay off your debit card, sorry, your credit card debt before you start investing because the interest on your credit card debt is higher than the returns you would get from investing in the stock market. So that's also something that you should keep in mind. I think the rest of the questions that I got from you guys, they will go into the next few episodes that I have on this glow up series, you know, business themed, goal themed. And I feel like if I really want to get into it, I won't have the time in this episode and I just won't do it justice. So I hope you guys enjoyed this little chat that we had and that you found it helpful. And I'm really excited that we all get to go into 2024 as the best versions of ourselves. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week.
please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.